Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. The following is a Zima Podcasting Network production. He did the monster match. The monster match. It was a graveyard smash. He did the match. It caught on in a flash. He did the match. Good evening, everyone. It is Graham Zima, and it is the Monsters at Midnight podcast for Saturday, October 15th of 2016. And joining me is my partner in this entire affair, Mr. Matt Schaefer. Hello there. Once again. Once again. I feel like, and you were talking to me before this podcast, we should justify why we didn't have an episode last weekend. Probably because... We were both deathly ill, and I was out of town last week. We were both out of town last weekend, right? Yeah, yeah. And we also, before that, we both got very sick, not really wanting to record, but now we're It was one of those situations where I just texted Matt, and I was like, yeah, there's there's just no way this is going to (laughs) happen. There were several times it could have happened, but then, like, it just got progressively harder and harder as the week went on. So... But we're back here, and it is, like I said, Saturday, October 15th of 2016. Uh, not, much, not much to really plug here. Um, not really. Yeah, I can't even think of anything to plug. So there's, there's. Uh, I mean, listen to all of our shows. It's uh, You got the website and everything. Link in the description below. I hate saying that kind of stuff. That sounds like the, the classic <laughs> YouTuber, but... Um, like, subscribe, share. Like, subscribe, share. I don't know. Leave a comment. Um, but yeah, no, really go check out everything. That's really all your information is going to be coming from. I'm not going to waste all my time telling you fine people where to find everything. So um, anyway, anyway, we got some stuff on the docket. We're getting closer to Halloween, Matt. Yes, we are. Every day we get a little, little closer. This month has definitely gone by faster than I would have ever expected. Shocktober is finally in full swing, and I'm actually like finally watching the movie. Yeah, he's that, not disappointing that, his audience saying that I'm watching. What? Uh, what's been the standouts so far from the standouts? Um, have you been releasing your videos every week? <laughs> that was another thing that I forgot to do this weekend was uh, release uh, my summary. Last Sunday, but that was because last week and last weekend was a clusterfuck of not being well and not being around. Uh, so maybe this either I'm not going to do it ever or this Sunday I'll just sum up the last two weeks, which I could do. Um, standouts so far Fall of the House of Usher was good. Roger Corman, Vincent Price flick, uh, adaptation of the Edgar Allan Poe story. Mm-hmm. Um, what else have we got? In the Mouth of Madness, which I mentioned briefly in one of our uh, Movie Madness podcasts. Uh, John Carpenter, uh, mid-90s, uh, Lovecraftian kind of monster movie, psychological monster movie. Shaun of the Dead, which I saw for the first time. Very funny. Mm-hmm. I think it's funnier than Hot Fuzz, which is the first 
Edgar Wright joint that I had seen. Reanimator was a lot of fun. Uh, super dark, super super bloody, a lot of fun. Um, the Fly, of course, you know. And I rewatched Houseu uh, or House in English speaking territories. Maybe it's more fun with a crowd. Didn't get into it as much this time around. Um, You're finally coming to your senses. <laughs> I still enjoy it. Still delightfully goofy, but I think it's just it's, it's one of those uh, movies you should watch as a crowd. Uh, Silence of the Lambs, Alien, definitely goes without uh, saying. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been good so far. The stuff that I've uh, had opportunities to watch. On top of that, some bonus cuts being uh, Saw and The Devil's Rejects. They finally seen the majority of Rob Zombie's filmography. You're you're an accomplished human being now. I wouldn't say that at all, but it's is this? Uh, <laughs> it's would happening. you say this year has been better or worse than last year? Um. Well, I definitely was far more true to my word last year because I had less going on first semester last year, and I think I watched more, more classic. Uh, I mean, these are still uh, still watching some definite classics, but I'm watching. I watched some more films that were like, like the standards. Um, this year's still been a lot of fun and uh, a great opportunity for me to watch stuff that I haven't seen. So they're both. Watching a horror movie a day throughout October, I've got nothing to complain about, really. Unless I'm going out of my way to watch shitty horror movies, which might happen in some Shocktober. I'm toying with the notion, because next year would be my third year, I'm toying with the notion of watching the third entries in series, which I think would be a, a devastating idea. So maybe I won't. I but. mean, you, you said you've already in, you enjoyed uh, Halloween 3. So. I do enjoy Halloween 3. That's what I would finish on is Halloween 3. But uh, there's some really miserable ones. Like Friday the 13th 3 is awful. I hear Nightmare on Elm Street 3 is fun. So that'd be nice. Um, I think it's definitely definitely fun, but I got some overhype from it. And oh, I thought okay. it was fine. It's it's just like every other sequel in that yeah. series. So, But, I mean, you'll have a fun time with it. I think it's definitely better than 2. Yeah. Um, that's what I've heard, too. And uh, I hear Scream 3 isn't very good, but that's still one that I want to check out. I haven't seen Scream 2 or 4, but... Uh, I, like, I like them all. I want to pick some like really weird ones, too, like Candyman 3 and From Dusk Till Dawn 3, just to like fuck with people. Yeah, you'd be fucking with people. The Crow 3. Like like the Lost Boys 3. Just like totally kill myself throughout oh my October. Goodness, they made a Lost Boys 3? 2 and 3 were significantly later, and both were direct-to-DVD. Both still had Corey Feldman in them. But that uh, speaks volumes about Corey Feldman's yeah, career. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have a whole lot going on for himself anymore. I hear they're both, like, miserable, which wouldn't surprise me at all. I'm always down for, like... I, I do... I have a soft spot for vampires. I don't know why. So, even... I'm always kind of down for just, like, a a sleazy kind of vampire romp. That's why... That's why, like, I part of me kind of likes the movie Queen of the Damned, which is the surrogate sequel to Interview with a Vampire, but it's also just a super dated and super awful product of its time. Yeah, but, um, hmm, Shocktober is in full swing. Always. It's always in full swing. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of anything else related to Shocktober. I think you pretty much covered everything. Keep, uh, Matt, you will have to put out some sort of summary video at some point. I will. I feel like I'm, I'm 
because uh, I'm going home to my actual home this weekend. Might just do do a do a vlog, record myself walking around my neighborhood. Oh goodness! Because I I be grew the- up my my street uh, in autumn is is beautiful, but it's it's straight out of like every suburban small town horror movie. So yeah. I feel like that would be a good background to have. Just record myself, walk around, talk about horror movies. Because it's Plaffel. No one's going to give a shit what I'm doing with my time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is, if, you, if you're not from Wisconsin, Matt summarized Platteville pretty well. Um, nobody gives a fuck around there. <laughs> we have the college, the University of Wisconsin Platteville. That's about it. If you're not going there for agriculture or engineering, frankly, you're, you're better off like going elsewhere. <laughs> well, that's not entirely fair. They have a, a competent music department and education department, but outside of that, not much else to offer. No. Um, Platteville as a whole doesn't have a whole lot. A lot of fast food because of the college, two movie theaters, a bowling alley. That's like the extent of your entertainment, unless you want to haul out to Madison or Dubuque, Iowa, because then <laughs> there's more stuff to do there. Hmm. Well, you hear heard it here first. Platteville, you got a bowling alley. You got two movie theaters, and that's about it. It's uh, it's a pretty town during the fall, though. A lot of trees. We'll be getting into more about Wisconsin serial killers eventually, pretty soon, because uh, we got there's there's one too many of them. I feel. I like. feel like yeah, <laughs> I don't understand how like we just like produced them all of a sudden. Yeah, I don't understand it. But uh, all right, um, that is our intro for you. That's our wonderful intro. We'll take a quick break here, and we'll be right back on Monsters of Midnight. And, uh, yeah, we'll leave you with some some creepy horror ambiance to fill in some time here. This is Monsters of Midnight with Graham Zima and Matt Schaefer. Stay tuned. Midnight with Graham Zima and Matt Schaefer right here on Speaker.com and iTunes and anywhere else you can find this podcast. I'm sure you can find it anywhere. Um, we're going to jump right in now with the first conversation. What do we have on the docket today, Matt? We've got Wisconsin serial killers. We've got our most terrifying thriller, not mm. exclusive to horror movie. And we also have ranking the illustrious job of ranking the Halloween franchise. Yes, we definitely have a lot to cover, with, uh, especially with that Halloween franchise, because I'm sure we'll have to break down each movie until we... Until we can, uh, I don't know about you, but I've I've got my list prepared. I uh, I think I do. I think I do. It was not an easy one because to get into that the, that midsection of four, five, and six, yeah, I kinda get lost into where how do I rank those up? Yeah, but it's pretty it's pretty easy to rank the top you know, oh, few and then yeah. the bottom few. Um, Spoiler alert! I think our number one choice is probably going to be the original. Yeah, no, I think that'd be a pretty safe bet. So uh, I don't know. Remember last year you showed me that list you found online that had RZ's Halloween 2 as the best, and I wanted to fucking cry. I don't think I... Well, I don't know if I found it. Maybe you were the one who found it. I, know, I remember seeing something like that. I feel like either I found it and showed you, or you found it and showed me. Either way, I saw it, and I'm like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'd like to hear the actual rationale behind that, if there really is one, or if they're just fucking with people. Oh, but, um, all right, we'll start off then with our scariest thrillers 
here on the Monster Mash. Now, what I mean, or on the Monster Mash, the Monster, <laughs> the the Monster Mash podcast. Yeah, we're just starting. We're just changing it over. We we might as well. It's just it's three hours of us singing the Monster Mash. Um, we'll start off. But the reason I want to talk about best thrillers is I I feel like thrillers can equally, if done well, be as scary as horror films and can achieve sometimes more somewhat. so yeah. if they're more subtle and more psychological. And also, you know. I think thrillers, now this is maybe a generalization, and, and, and I understand that, but um, I would say thrillers, most of the time, if you're making a thriller, you're paying attention more to plot than you are in a horror film. Absolutely. Um, you know, not all the time, but I think most of the time, um, plot takes a backseat in horror films. You're not really searching to, to find the most, you know, yeah. plot in the world. It also depends on the horror film, though. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so, I do want to get Matt... Or I want to give Matt the first swing at this. Uh, what is your scariest thriller? So or what would be defined as a thriller? Yeah, because like I have my choice, and the discussion as whether this is a quote unquote horror movie or a quote unquote thriller is a hotly debated discussion, especially since it was an Academy Award winning film and. The the Oscar uh, the Oscar ballot and the Academy never really wants to say that they nominated a horror movie. They'll just they'll say, "Oh, it's it's a psychological thriller." I think both terms are uh, applicable to this movie. Uh, I would push it more towards the psychological thriller category, though. And my choice is one that I mentioned earlier in our introduction: the Silence of the Lambs. Um. Why for me it's more of a thriller is because it's definitely focused more on the story and the mystery and just the the character study of these two very different but equally insane individuals and then Jodie Foster caught in the middle of it. Uh, for for my money, it has some of the most intense uh, scenes I've ever seen in a film, especially when you get to the finale of the movie. The finale is one of the most nerve-wracking things imaginable. Um, it's paced very well. It's a little over two hours, if I'm not mistaken, or it's two hours even. It, it never really drags. It always keeps you engaged. It's perfectly casted. Uh, there have been there have been three actors to play Hannibal Lecter. I want to say. Anthony Hopkins obviously being the most prolific and he does a fucking great job in this movie just as like everyone will tell you he's just, he's brilliant in it um arguably though i find buffalo bill the char- the serial killer in the film scarier because he is an amal- more of an amalgamation of serial killers that exist in real life and his rationale and motives and just his psychosis is far more tangible and far more real. While, well, excuse me. Whereas Lecter is definitely unsettling. It's it's more like a movie written villain. Not to say that he's not like that's not a detriment to his character at all. Both everything about this movie is written perfectly, and it has some just some great. Character study, uh, psychological moments, some very intense uh, scenes of of what I would consider horror, 
and just a, a great pace that keeps you invested in the mystery start to finish. Silence of the Lambs. All right. Um, yeah, Silence of the Lambs is a pretty good choice, and uh, it probably it'd fall on my list at some point. Uh, but my number one here is a little bit more recent. It's got a little bit of a Silence of the Lambs vibe to it in a weird way, I would definitely say. Um, but my number one is... Uh, Number one scariest thriller is Zodiac, the 2007 thriller starring Robert Downey Jr., Jake Gyllenhaal, Mark Ruffalo, and uh, a few other people. I totally forgot Ruffalo was in that movie. Yeah, yeah, he's the, the detective or whatever. Yeah, that's right. Um, a lot of the same reasons that you like Silence of the Lambs is a lot of the same reasons I like Zodiac. Um, I just think that the tension overall is 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 so well maintained throughout the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even in these just very, very, you know, it's not a movie that really ever goes like fully crazy at any points. Um, it, it's, it's very, very, it's well contained, um, but yet still scary, which I think is, is something that's kind of masterful in a way to pull off. Um, the performances are great. Uh, there's some really standout scenes. I don't want to spoil too much, but I'll just say that the the house scene with Jake Gyllenhaal in the basement is is still gets under my skin. Um, and, and really the whole, the whole real life aspect of it definitely makes it, um, that much more terrifying. I know that's, that's commonly said with these real life true crime kind of movies. Um, but it definitely in this case is, it's like, wow, this, I mean, they never really can confirm who did this, right? whether or not there were multiple people or Ted Cruz. Well, you know, Ted Cruz, obviously, (laughs) I I totally forgot Ted Cruz. (laughs) They've already confirmed it. Um. No, but I think that um, it's it's so. It's also, I mean, it's 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 very very a prominent aspect of of what was going on in that time. I mean, this was a big, pretty big story, um, and I don't know. I just kind of like looking back on that that piece of history and and, and the whole mystery behind it. Um, so yeah, that'd be probably my most terrifying thriller, one of Fincher's best works, I would say. Um, I don't know how much you've seen of David Fincher, but... Three movies. And that's Fight Club, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, and Zodiac. Okay. Um, yeah, this one I think... So you haven't seen The Social Network? No. Okay. And I haven't seen Gone Girl, or Alien 3, or... Um, there's another seven? one. Seven? No, I own Seven. I still need to watch Seven. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I am... Um, Here's Seven's pretty pretty spooky for being a thriller. I too. love Seven. Seven's a really good movie. Um, and you like you said you saw Fight Club then? Yes, I love Fight Club. Yeah, I, I really do like Fight Club. That one. I, know. I, I, I also, certain person we out out there does not, like, does Fight not Club. like Fight Club, but that's okay. Um, no, it's really not okay. But you didn't hear that from me. Um, I also I rewatched the girl with the dragon tattoo over the summer. That's a really solid movie too. It's unfortunate they're not moving forward with the sequel. Yeah, I don't, I don't really understand. I never got into the whole rationale behind that. I don't. I don't think it turned as big of a profit as Sony wanted it to. But I am intrigued to watch because um, all three of those books were made into movies in Sweden or Finland or wherever. Uh, I think it's. Sweden. It's either Sweden or Switzerland or Finland. It's, ah, they're all the goddamn it's, it's, same. <laughs> or it's, it's Iceland. Uh, no, um, that's horrible. But I am curious to see those three so I can just like – because that's a, that's another really 
solid. Nothing is really scary, but there's a lot very intense and very unsettling moments in The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Uh, quite a few, actually, that I, I don't want to spoil because it's a that one isn't paced the best though. There's a lot of, there's a lot of very slow moments in it. I do like that movie a lot though. Um, yeah. So um yeah, that that wraps up the uh our favorite thrillers. I'm trying to think. I guess we'll take another break here and uh <laughs> we're running this more like a radio show rather than the normal podcast. Um so if you're listening, share it around, get some friends to talk about it. You know, just promote Monster Midnight. I don't know where I was going with this. I was trying to do some sort of plug, but Let you know, Halloween rain. Yes, yes, that's been always says. That's been my that's motto this entire that's month. My impromptu tagline for this Shocktober, along with the Super Beast being the theme song for it. All right, we'll be right back. This is Graham Zima, Matt Schaefer on Monsters at Midnight. Stay tuned, and we're back. Right here, Monsters at Midnight with Graham Zima and Matt Schaefer. Yes, sir. You're supposed to make some sort of... Ooh. <laughs> I was saying, I was trying going to do like a Vincent Price cackle, but I didn't want to embarrass myself. Ah, ah. Boy, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Vincent Price is the man. You, need to, you still need to watch the original Fly movie. I do. I need you to watch... A, you get a kick out I need of to it. watch a lot more Vincent Price stuff. After watching Fall of the House of Usher, he just has such a great voice... Like, I also really like, like, at least in that the, the Fly movie, he's like a really like character you can get behind. At right. Least in that movie, I'm always rooting for him. But no, yeah, he and like in the Cronenberg remake, he is as well. It's just it's fucking Jeff Goldblum playing him, which I'm not a fan, but I know a lot of people are. So more power to you. Um. Yeah. Well. You fucking first shot in that movie is a close-up on his dumb fucking face like, oh, what am I doing uh, to revolutionize science? Well, uh, let's see. I'm, uh, I'm inventing a, a transporter that uh, uh, destabilizes your molecules. And uh, if, you're, if you're not watching this right now, or, I mean, you, you aren't, obviously. I mean, there's no there's no visual version of the show, but uh, if you could, you have to see Matt's. The, the whole added-in physical element of this is hilarious. He's got the facial expressions <laughs> all down. It's fucking... I'm not a... He has that shtick of where he's like, uh, like a beady-eyed, like socially awkward geek. Always, like fucking Independence Day, Jurassic Park. He's always the same. <laughs> yeah, I thought he's trying to do more of a suave thing though in Jurassic Park. At least, you never yeah. Seen... But even then, that like because it's Jeff Goldblum, it just comes off as slimy, which I also think is supposed to be part of the part too. Yeah, yeah. He's the most tolerable in that movie because he is sort of it's, he's like he's dressed in like a leather jacket and all black and like tinted glasses all the time. He's a gross character in that yeah. movie. Um, all right, so we got our next topic up here. We're going to be ranking the Halloween series, the, the Wallaheen. Do you want to go first or shall I? I will let you. Actually, no, I'll take it this because this is your kind of series. So. Um, <laughs> I'll work from the ground up here. And actually, I'm going to pull up all the fucking lists here. Or I'm going to pull up at least the names because I didn't actually write this down. But I know. I I don't want to fuck up and miss one of the titles. Right. Um, I will say this. A few of my entries will probably... Or a few of my 
placings will probably surprise people. And admittedly, there are a few that I should rewatch. Well, one in particular that I should rewatch because I feel like I may have. Whatever, I'll discuss it when I. How many get, movies are there again? There's. Uh, there are ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Hour. Oh, okay, I can't know where that one is. Um, okay, so I'll go through which of the movies. Actually, you know what? Let, let's break down each and every Halloween film. Why not? We got plenty of time here. That's true. Let's break down each and every Halloween movie. We'll go in. We'll go opposite orders. We got to start with the Rob. Well, actually, we've already talked about Rob Zombie ones. Why don't we just go like one through or the original through Resurrection then? Okay. Well, Since then we'll, we'll, we'll we start with re- Resurrection though because I want to leave the best for last. Fair enough. Uh, we'll start with Resurrection then. That uh, Resurrection is a fucking train wreck and is absolutely positively one of my least favorite movies ever. And what, what is it that doesn't work for you in this movie? Um, the casting. The only memorable character in that movie is Buster Rhymes, and that's because he's obnoxious and poorly written. So that's just a testament to the film. I didn't give a shit about any of the characters. Couldn't tell you any of their names, any of their quirks or whatever. Um, the whole the idea of making a viral video of of like these kids going spending Halloween night in the Myers house and like having it live streamed. Because internet wasn't new by any sense mm-hmm. when this movie came out, but like two thousand two, so. But like, yeah, like internet video was still was kind of new, so it's not the worst idea ever, but it's dated as fuck. And the jumping back and forth between like regular like movie and the the shitty DV cameras they have strapped to them. It's just like cash in on Blair Witch and the found footage, but it's not done well because it's not consistent. It makes no sense that they'd be like getting naked and wanting to have sex when they know they're rigged with microphones and cameras. I I don't know a single person that would be that horny to like get one out with like a good portion of the population watching them. Well, we're Porn stars excluded, but these were supposed yes. to be like normal college students. Um, it didn't feel like ha- uh, it didn't feel like Halloween. Uh, we're spending most of this time in this gross house with a few a few moments cutting back to a costume party, which is kind of, okay. It kind of gets the Halloween spirit, but Michael Myers as a character is downplayed significantly. Um, he makes very brief appearances. Very brief appearances, and it's fucking. He's rendered like unscary by this, like this trope of the the found footage bullshit, and the fact that Buster Rhymes dresses up like him and is saying "motherfucker" left and right to scare the kids. <laughs> Just a dumb ass idea. Jamie Lee is in the movie for the first ten minutes before she's killed. God rest her. That's. She is better off just being out of the franchise. Um, fucking, it's just, it's not fun. The, the Spoiler alert, the finale with Busta Rhymes beating the shit out of Michael Myers is stupid and lame. The only thing that comes out of it is the trick-or-treat motherfucker line, which is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, you know you like The that. cliffhanger is fucking awful. The whole rationale behind the movie is awful, too. H, we'll get to this. H2O was supposed to be the cap and the finale of the franchise, but of course they're like, 
oh no, uh, she decapitated a different person because Michael like grabbed the larynx of a paramedic, rendering him speechless. And then they, sw- I don't know why I'm doing Jeff Goldblum, but then they switch, <laughs> they switched outfits, and so she decapitated an innocent human, and then she went to a sanitarium because it fucked her up. It's like fuck you. God, I just I don't like it. There's nothing I couldn't even get behind this. A lot of people get behind this as a so bad as good kind of movie. It was just bad. Mm-hmm. Like my rating of it is honestly a half a star, if that. <laughs> and that's and that's fucking for like the trick or treat motherfucker line, and that's it. <laughs> I I never rate a movie half a star. Far I don't like this movie. Yeah, Matt, Matt has pretty strong opinions on this one. I'm I'm a little bit more lenient on this movie than that is um i found it a little more entertaining but that being said it is just a horrendous piece of garbage and the fact that there were people actually asking for a sequel to this um is beyond me i would rather take a sequel to the rob zombie franchise i would much rather see rob zombie make a third halloween movie because he has better or like i always say better or worse whether you like it or not he has a vision and he will deliver something in at least visually interesting for the most part and something that is unique to his persona resurrection was just an amalgamation of mtv bullshit their blair witch and internet and all that is so dated beyond belief reality tv mtv is what i meant it's just (laughs) it's horrible yeah um that's halloween resurrection H2O, um, I like this one a lot because, well, I shouldn't say a lot. I'm not going to, you know, it is, it's it's got plenty of issues with it. But uh, versus coming out of 4, 5, and 6, I, I really could not care less about those those three movies. I know Matt's got a little bit more of a soft spot for at least 6, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. I don't, I don't know why, and we'll talk about that when we get to it. Um, I like I like H2O. I'm not going to say it's a perfect movie. Um, when we get into the later end of the Halloween franchise, a lot of my, my whether I like it or not is based on my pure entertainment of it. That's um, very, Because very the story fair. starts to take a really big, you know... It gets... It gets really, really messy when they try to justify, like, Michael Myers' origins as evil incarnate or whatever the yeah. fuck. I mean, it just gets a bit ridiculous, so you really can't do much else, but, but you know... Because, like, when, when they actually... I don't know if you know this. When they went into production on H2O, which I think is supposed to be called H20, but whatever, everyone's going to call it H2O, they basically said, we're going to ignore the sequels after 2 and just pick up right where two left off. And that makes a lot of sense, actually. Did they follow through with that, do you think? To a degree. I think it's... Well, here's the... This is actually... This one in six I need to rewatch because I feel like something about H2O... The fina- the like the final half when it's finally like Jamie Lee versus Michael is so cathartic and so great. And like even if it's not like special, it's entertaining as fuck. And, like, Jamie Lee's just not taking shit anymore. It's a great conclusion. Would have been a great conclusion to the series. Had they not fucked it up with Resurrection. (laughs) Yeah. The whole, like, getting there, though, I found to be, like, a slog. I think Josh Hartnett, though he's, like, he's, he's fine now. He isn't very good in this movie. He's really young. Very inexperienced. The whole subplot with LL Cool J trying to write dirty novels is fucking weird. Um, <laughs> I almost forgot about that. <laughs> uh, 
there's like good moments the spring but even then like the moments in the fr- opening the like the the exposition of the beginning of the movie it's just it's all stuff we've seen before it's like oh we look out the window and michael's there and then he's not or Jamie Lee is, like, seeing him in the reflection, but it's just it's someone else. All the cheap fucking jump scares of, like, people, like, s- like never introducing themselves when they walk up to talk to someone. It's just all of a sudden musical sting and, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to startle you. It's like people Say, don't, It's like right out of the Blair Witch scene. <laughs> it's like people don't fucking do that. You don't just walk up to someone, like, breathe down their neck and, like, oh, hey, I just want to talk to you. <laughs> How was your day? <laughs> um... Is that Mason? Yeah. Oh, hey. Oh, that's, that's awful. Um, <laughs> sorry, Mason. Um, I need to rewatch H2O. I admit it. Definitely, uh, it would have been a good, a satisfying conclusion to the series, but to me, it's just okay. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I, I like this one. I know, Matt, you, you said it probably gets a little too much hype. Um, but I'm going to be honest, I think it's probably one of the smart bigger standouts in the franchise. Um, I definitely... No, I definitely understand. Uh, Curse of Michael Myers, Halloween 6. I'm going to say this one is fine, a little forgettable, but uh, I'm a sucker for anything that has Paul Rudd in it. So, <laughs> And he's not even that good in it. Yeah, <laughs> See, that's know, another but... case of an actor being really young. Um, something about this movie I really like... Um, a lot of it doesn't make sense, and a lot of people say the producer's cut, which is almost completely different, is better, and I disagree. I think it's actually significantly worse. This one, it, because like once you get into the whole mythology of like the, the whole rationale of Michael killing, trying to kill his family and trying to like, because it's all part of like sacrifice or whatever, it's not very interesting and never really explained well. So the theatrical cut explains less and shows Michael just being Michael more. And that's what sold it for me. I think that Michael the, more, no, no, <laughs> Michael to an extent greater. <laughs> no, not Michael more. Um, I knew I'm just, fucking with I know. Um, Donald Pleasance is, uh, is like kind of like actually back to the standard of Donald Pleasance he should have been in this movie, even though he's old as fuck. And this was the last movie he was in. He like died right as production finished. Jesus Christ. Um, and what a way to go out. I mean, I fucking. Halloween 6 is just a weird guilty pleasure for me. I can't put my finger on why. I, may, I think I just. I think I just like the. Wow. I, I gotta. First, I gotta pause you here for a second. Our that's, view that's count new. has significantly gone up. In a matter of a day. This is incredible. We went from 89 to 209 listens. That is like... I was looking. I'm like, where in the hell? Yeah. Um, all right. I got to figure out where this is coming from. Continue. Continue. Thank I'm, I'm, you. I'm, well, first off, thank you. Folks. Yeah, if you're listening to this, this is uh, this is not something I ever expected to see. I, I woke up this morning when we recorded, or before we recorded, and I was like, where in the world did we get already past a right, 3,000 yeah. views? Okay, continue on. This is... Um, I think, like, af- especially after 4 and 5, I definitely care about the characters more. They're more interesting. They're more likable. The The atmosphere is finally fucking there. It finally looks like fall. 4 and 5, they did not give a single fuck. There are, like, no fallen leaves. They just, like, filmed in, clearly filmed in su- summer and put some, like, jack-lanterns and shit up. 6 finally looks like... Halloween. 
and it's like and the the soundtrack I have a soft spot for too because it's just like it's like weird like nineties like metal guitar riffs of like classic yeah. Halloween themes. I don't know, just something about it. The pacing I think is great. Um, the kills are satisfying in a way that's like not Rob Zombie over the top, but still like to a gore whore kind of like fun and entertaining. Yeah. I just yeah I don't know, something about Halloween Six I just have a soft spot for I don't know why so not saying it's good definitely has problems I think the the producers cut has uh, more problems which I actually I include that in my ranked list for fucks for shits and giggle but uh, <laughs> yeah I don't know I like Halloween Six I know I, I'm in the mass, vast vast major, uh, minority on that. <laughs> Yeah, I I, I I definitely like it a little less, but uh, it's significantly better for me than four and five. Um, Excuse me. More so, I think five. I don't like five. I don't like five either. Let's just go into five. <laughs> yeah, five is a uh, is so big. You want to talk about forgettable? I can't remember this movie. Entirely forgettable. I saw this movie about a year ago again. I've seen it about two or three times because I tried to like justify this movie, and I'm like, I it's can't so even... forget. And it's so rushed too. It yeah. came out a year after four. Adds more bullshit to the plot. Yeah, the whole mythology, and then it like it ends it on a cliffhanger with Michael being sprung from jail by the Dick Tracy silhouette, and then that's. It. And then they're like, oh, figure it out in the next movie, which didn't come out until like seven years later or something like yeah. that. Yeah, it's... Uh, I think that it definitely... I don't know. I don't even know how to... It, it's weird about 4 and 5. It's, it's almost hard to really pinpoint where everything goes wrong, but besides just saying, hey, this movie just kind of like, meh. It's, it's just boring. like, it's not interesting. None of the characters work. They're just there. Because there's like... Because it's like a weird competition that they were having with Friday the 13th where, like, they still have, like, the core characters that you're supposed to care about. Yeah. But then they have, like, the bullshit disposable characters that are just there for a body count. More so in 5, not so much in 4, but 5 especially. There's that whole scene where those teenagers are just fucking around in the barn and then they get axed. It's like, yeah, it didn't need that. Donald Pleasance was boring frankly then again he's working with the same material it's all the same just oh i saw that boy and there was nothing but pure evil behind his eyes michael he gets so just recycled and it's which is weird because like donald pleasance is a veteran actor made john carpenter fight for him to be in that movie and then, like, I don't know if it was just a case of him just like oh it's another paycheck i'm old might as well <laughs> just like like he just kept doing it kept doing the same shit mm-hmm. i think i read that six was finally like the first script script that he read in that series that he like enjoyed yeah and i think it shows i think he puts forth more effort in six um yeah no i i definitely agree it's 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 just i don't even know what else to say about it and the same thing goes before i will say i probably enjoy four a little bit more i do too um but nonetheless they're both they kind of they kind of go hand in hand for me um, they feel very, very similar in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, it's just the four and five are kind of. I don't know if it's because of like because it, it went from late eighties to like late nineties between five and six. Four and five just kind of mushed together into this like just I don't give a fuck blob. Of yeah, <laughs> movies. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's definitely one of the more lackluster pieces of the franchise. 
I'm going to let you go on Halloween 3. I have not, fun in fact, not seen Season of the Witch. This is the only one I have not seen. Ooh. Um, I know you, this one, you're probably one of your top in the franchise, despite the fact it doesn't have Michael Myers yeah, in it. No. But this is why he's about to defend this movie. No, yeah. Everyone that complains about Michael Myers, it, it, like, there are legitimate criticism. It doesn't have the soundest script in the world, There, but there are, and there are legitimate criticisms to make about this movie. But all the fucking people that whine, it doesn't have Michael Myers in it, it has nothing to do with the first two movies, get over it, because what you get is a movie that's very, very different and very interesting. And it, like, how much better would this franchise have been if, like, they went in this direction where every movie they told a different story about Halloween? Why limit it to Michael Myers? I mean, obviously, Halloween 3 didn't make the cash that the first two did, and that's the reason why, obviously. But it's just, it's such a shame. Tom Atkins plays the main character. Tom Atkins, classic B-movie actor. A lot of a lot of fun. Really good. He's in a lot of John Carpenter movies, like The Fog and Escape from New York. Um, John Carpenter, I think, produced and did, and he did, he did the soundtrack for sure, and I think produced it. This one still feels like a Carpenter movie, which I really like. Um, got that very like wide anamorphic like lens. Like it's shot very well. Has some really genuinely creepy ideas in it regarding like the sacrificial origins to Halloween and yeah. like this mass conspiracy about like basically these masks like leeching on and murdering children, which is a really fucked up idea. It has one banger of a cliffhanger that just sends shivers down my spine. Hmm. The John Carpenter soundtrack, I think, is one of his best. has some really great, really creepy synth work in it. It's just a, a fun... It's one of those movies where you put it on around Halloween because it feels like Halloween with like the, just the whole concept and the masks and the, and the atmosphere. And this, it's just a really fun romp for this time of year. And I think, in my opinion, it's the best one since the original because it did something original. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I said, I haven't seen Halloween 3. I can't give a perspective, but I do need to check it out at some point just to give it its fair shot. Right. And, um, I'm not one of those people who will probably... I, I cannot see myself being bothered that much by no I recommend Myers. it. I recommend it. Um, all right, so then Halloween 2... I think we both kind of have the same opinion. It's just the same as the first. It's trying it, to be the is. same as the first it's, one. It's a tired, very tired first one, or version of the first movie, which makes sense because once the first m- movie made it more money than anyone thought it would, Carpenter and Deborah Hill were commissioned to write another script, and Carpenter has flat out said like he was just drinking to come up with ideas, and it's like, where the hell do I take this script? And it shows. And it's a shitty situation, but, I mean, I don't, like, I don't have, like, I don't, like, give it sympathy points because it came out of a dark place. It's still, it's just, like, a, we, a lot of people really like this movie. We're, like, we, we like I it significantly like it, less than the I think first one. Only just because I, I think it's, like, a fans. fine movie. It's well made. Like, I yeah. think it's, like, it's decently made. It's, it's not, it doesn't fall under, like, the, like there are some good moments in no, it. No, yeah, Jamie Lee and Donald Pleasance are still good in it. Yeah, it's just, the, it's the whole element of, okay, you didn't really offer us anything new. And, and But I do give sympathy points to Carpenter because he's, like, I mean, look, he made money off. I don't think he gives a really flying fuck at that point. No, yeah. But uh, he, uh, 
he was caught in the situation where he's like, literally, I don't know where to. T- I mean, yeah, we had the cliffhanger at the end of the first one, but like, no, I'm caught in a position where I can't do much else but just regurgitate what I did the first exactly. time. And it's sort of like, it's just, it's a weird concept when like movies had cliffhangers back then, and like when like the creative head behind it, sometimes they honestly thought like that's going to be the end, and that was the case with the first Halloween, and. I don't know. There's just I have a lot of problems with the script for taking place the same night. There are a lot of things that don't add up, like continuity wise. Is that you? You would think the first one takes place deep into like we're talking like twelve o'clock, one in the morning, Halloween mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. But then they keep going, and there's like still a lot of people out and about trick or treating when like all the streets at the end of the first movie were bare, mm-hmm. which is like I guess that's nitpicking. But just nothing about the flow worked for me. Like I didn't believe that this was the same night, and you're very much supposed to believe that it's the same yeah. time. None of the kills made any sense in terms of... I mean, this was before the mythology of Michael was really established, but none of the kills made sense. Now, like, to be fair, you can argue that they didn't make much sense in the first one. It's just say he's evil, I guess. But something about this didn't work. It was paced all wrong. I don't know. It's the pacing is one of the things I think it really it's makes it very movie. slow. It's slow to the point where it's like, wow, I could give less of a flying fuck what happens to anybody in this movie because I'm just so bored by it. Right. Um. Anyway, I don't have much else to say about Halloween Two. It's there. It's yeah. It's um. If you're looking for more of the first film, you're gonna get it to an extent. It's an all right follow up. Yeah, it's fine. Like like. I personally would never. I wouldn't know what else to do in that situation. Yeah. To follow up the first Halloween. It's it's okay. It has some. It has some. It's it's good. I mean, like it has some good moments. It's it's okay. It's fine. It's it's fine. It's a fine fucking movie. No, it's, uh, I know it's okay. <laughs> and now we get to the last one in. The franchise, well, the first, the one, first one, last, last one. one on our list here. Descending order. <laughs> Halloween, John Carpenter, the original Halloween, 1978, the movie that changed movies in one way or another. Um, changed horror movies for better or worse. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think for, for better. For a while. I don't know, well, at least, like, the string of movies that came out, like, post-Friday the 13th, a lot of them were just, like uninspired yes <laughs> definitely if you look at like the effect it had for independent movie making and like reshaping horror as a whole definitely for the better but the fact that like i don't know like fucking like terror train came out of it like who gives a fuck yeah um i i i don't know my, i've talked so much about this movie and how much too. it's uh it's changed a lot of the ways that i think about Movies in general. It's one of the reasons why I one of the movies that made me want to make movies. Yeah, true. I had there were there were, there are a few movies in my 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 time that 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 inspired me. Um, you know, Blair Witch was one of them because it Blair Witch and Halloween for a lot of the same reasons, mostly because it told me that no matter you know because we're we're as Matt and I are about to find out in the next few years, it ain't easy making a career in Hollywood no. by any stretch of the matter. I mean, uh, no. 
looking at those people on MTV cribs and all that, you know, <laughs> that's a that's a pipe dream at this point. Right. Um, but this this these kind of movies are what make it look possible. When you can do it cheap and you can do it fast and you can produce a a good result by the end of it, because it all comes it comes down to your. I think a few of the things like don't limit your budget will limit you, but if you've got a solid script, a solid idea, a competent uh, knowledge of how to make movies, and your cast is solid, go for the stars and just shoot for the moon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Blair Witch was shot in a VHS camera. Yeah. And, like, Halloween was shot, like, I want to say, like, 350,000 and 21 days. Yeah. It's it's not it's not big budget. No, that, and, and that's, like, less than nothing with, like, inflation and everything. Oh, yeah. It's it's brutal with inflation. So, um, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know what else to say. This is such a there, – there's elegant, so many things. Elegant in its simplicity, suspenseful beyond belief thanks to some crafty – filmmaking and just the score one of my favorite if not i debate this a lot it may be my favorite score to a movie ever definitely top five i would say uh memorable performances even if some of them get a little dated a little 70s a little goofy um it's and like first time i watched halloween I was genuinely afraid of Michael Myers. The idea of someone being that cold and calculated and just watching all the time. that The idea of being watched and stalked scares the hell out of me. Yeah, yeah. It definitely plays into to, to people's fears in a way that not many other films can. So um, there's not much else to say about the original Halloween uh, that hasn't been said by numerous people, including ourselves. Yeah. Basically, um, if you haven't seen it, see it. Especially during this time of year, you're not gonna do. You're not doing yourself a disservice by spending an hour and a half watching it. Um, so now we get into the rankings, and because I think Halloween is is more dear to Matt than it is to me, even though it's very dear to me, um, I think he probably takes the cake. I've always probably taken more of the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise but see I, I've only seen two of the entries in that franchise I feel like I would enjoy Nightmare on Elm Street more because it like it, it gets to a point where it acknowledges it's goofy yeah whereas there's a I like Michael Myers as a character but there's that whole like slog where it's just uninteresting and yeah. it's hard to like enjoy as a franchise as a whole yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm gonna I'll rank mine then number the bottom of the barrel Number 10. Number 10 goes to Halloween Resurrection. <laughs> this movie is just a pure piece of crap. Crap, crap, crap. I need I need a soundboard at this point. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> just like those guys in, uh, in uh, Lords, of Lords of Salem. <laughs> the guys who don't know how to operate a, operate a radio oh, station. God. There's um, a lot of shit that doesn't make any sense in that movie. Um, yeah, but not much to say about this movie. This movie is 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 I find more entertaining than Matt, but nonetheless, just a piece of garbage. Um, number nine, I'm gonna give it to Halloween Five. I right. really don't like this movie. Um, it's so forgettable. It's so just. I it's I honestly forget it's in the franchise, right. <laughs> and 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 that that piece of it makes it makes it difficult. Another problem I have with four and five, which is again probably nitpicking, but the masks in four and five look like shit. Oh, they look four horrible. looks even worse. Five is 
better marginally, but it still looks bad. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty sloppy. Um, looks and, like a, like a paper mache school project, and then four <laughs> just looks like fucking. They didn't even try. <laughs> Number eight. This one's gonna surprise Matt. It's gonna be Halloween four. Really? Yeah. Really don't like this one either. It's forgettable. And I know I'm putting Halloween. That means Halloween two is above this one, which yeah, is to uh, each their own. To each their um, own. I definitely understand your rationale for it. I just, um, I think they're just kind of just they're just boring, and, and and I and you know, and I'll get into Halloween two, which is all right. I'll say it's the next one. It's Hall- number seven is Halloween. Uh, is Halloween two the Rob Zombie one? Um, but Halloween four. At least Halloween Two Rob Zombies, I talk about it a lot more than I ever do Halloween. No, I definitely no. Like I, I may not, I may not agree with you per se, but I definitely understand your rationale. Um, So then, yeah, number seven, Halloween Two. Look, this movie is bad. It's not good, and if you compare it to the rest of the franchise, it's it's very lackluster, and it pretty much, pretty much takes a giant crap all over the Michael Myers character. That being said, I find entertainment in it. I know. I may be a disappointment to the entire human race, but that being said, I think that there are some interesting... More power to you that you can find entertainment. I've seen it four times. You you see the good in humanity if you can find it. I find there's some kills in here that are interesting. I think the the finale, while really defeats... It goes anti-Michael Myers at the end. Is is intense. You're talking director's cut, right? Because there's two Director's cut, yes. I hate the theatrical. The theatrical cut is one you want to avoid. The theatrical cut is pretty bogus. Um, because it pretty much says, hey, you know how Michael got killed in the last one? Well, he's going to get killed the exact same way, and actually he's going to be killed from a farther distance. So, yeah, stretching your believability there. Um, I, But nonetheless, there are some classic Rob Zombie moments in this that just make me laugh, because I'm like, this guy just has no idea what the fuck he is doing. <laughs> The the Frankenstein monster guy, it's hilarious. I I just there's some things in this that just that are just they're too they're too good. But uh, most of it is pretty bad. That's why it's on the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> um, but I still find more entertainment in it than I do four and five. Number six, I'm going to give two. Hmm. Probably going to give it to H two O. I think that H two O is. Um, actually, I gotta reorganize. I haven't seen three, so I have to, I'm gonna flip this all around. So this would be number five, actually. Oh, okay. Because I haven't seen three. That's so, right. So number five is H2O. Look, I think H2O is, uh, no, 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 no. No, Curse is, wow, what, what the fuck am I doing? This is why I should write things down. People. Number, <laughs> number five is Curse. Um, like I said, it's pretty, it's kind of forgettable, but it's, it's far better than Halloween 2, um, if we're comparing those two. Um, it definitely it has more of a feel of the original than I would say four and five does. Yeah, so yeah, to I that agree. credit, I will give it some. Um, but then number four would be H two O. Look, it's not the the savior I think in the franchise by any means, the way that some fans will put it. But I think it's definitely it's an improvement. Um, once again, it's off. satisfying. It's at, satisfying. At, I would say it, it definitely gets it, it. It improves a bit upon uh, Halloween six. So. You know what? That finale makes it worthwhile. Yeah, so. I agree. Number three, I'm gonna give Halloween two, the original, original right? Halloween nah, two. I mean, obviously, it's just it's uh, it's kind of there, but um, 
It's you know it it hasn't it keeps some of the elements of the original film in it so I guess you got to give it credit in that respect. Number two, Rob Zombie's Halloween. Look, we talk a lot of shit about this movie, but I have to respect Rob Zombie for at least keeping a lot of things about like Halloween as a holiday and right. a lot of things about just his, his you you always say it, his vision. He's got a vision. Yeah, the man's got a vision, whether you like it or not. Um. <laughs> Fuck you. I know. <laughs> uh, and I think this movie has a lot of good things about it. And we talk a lot of shit about it because there's so many things that you could, we, could, we could really nitpick. Mm-hmm. But then again, that goes for all the movies in this franchise except for the first one, I would say. Yeah. There's a lot of things wrong with a lot of these movies. And I think this one, while yes, it feels like two movies at some points. Like most of them. I would say time. that first half is pretty great in a lot of ways. I do like the first half. I think the second half definitely is where it starts to go down a really weird train of yeah. just being the first original Halloween, but I like the first half, and uh, and whether you like the what... I, I don't agree with his stance on the Michael Myers' origin, but it captivates me in a way. It's, it's so interesting. It's like, wow, this guy, this kid's fucked. Like, yeah. Like, he is, he is going to be... Like, there is not a good end result for this kid in the future, so... Yeah, that's true. Um, and number one... Is Halloween three? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> it's Rob's. I mean, it's Rob's eyes. Halloween. It's uh, it's yeah, so I'm good. Just gonna put Rob's eyes. eyes just one and two. Rob, Rob Zombie. The first half of Rob Zombie's Halloween is one, and then the second oh, yeah. half is two. Uh, no, it's the original Halloween 1978. Um, revolutionary. I don't know what else to say about this movie. It's perfect. I don't even. Th- I, I I would. I cannot believe someone would not put this at the top of their list. I know there's some fucks out there that do that, but uh, I don't give them any. They're, they're not human beings. They're not real. They're, um, <laughs> no. They're all not. right. So that's my ranking of a Halloween franchise. I'll turn it over to you, Matt. Okay. So because I'm a geek, um, my my list has 11 entries because I did include the producer's cut of Halloween 6 because it's almost an, an entirely different movie. I mean, it's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of the same shit in it that happens, but... There's a lot that's very different, too, in terms of exposition, excuse me, and the way the story is told. Um, looking more and more at this list, I'm not sure how satisfied I am with it. I probably should rewatch some entries, uh, but for now, this is where things will stay. And uh, I probably alluded to a few things here and there, so you can probably determine where shit falls. But anyway, here we go. Number 11 is, of course... Halloween Resurrection, don't think I need to say any more about my stance on it. Couldn't get behind it. Half star. Number 10, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. I I respect Graham for finding uh, entertainment in this. I just, I found it like totally unlikable, angry, mean-spirited, not, not to mention poorly written, just gross-looking cinematography is bland and awful no good uh see our previous monsters of madness for my full thoughts monsters at madness (laughs) at living the dream at packer companion (laughs) um number nine is halloween five because because, like, I don't know, actually, I don't know why I like Halloween 5 more than Halloween 2. They're probably both equally awful. But, I, like I said, this 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 list isn't perfect. Uh, 
I think I did have some more enjoyability just out of the cheesy moments of it, like being a 1989 slasher movie. I don't know. It's still fucking bad. I just I think it's more entertainingly bad than Halloween 2, even though it's fucking forgettable as fuck. Um, I don't know. <laughs> like, this list is awful. It's a sham. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> number eight is the Halloween 6 producer's cut. It explains more of the mythology and, like, the cult and the, the sacrifice and the, the fucking the stars and whatever the hell happens. The thorn symbol. But it's all bullshit, and a lot of it makes no sense and isn't necessary. This is the fan favorite that everyone's like, oh, my fuck, have you seen the producer's cut? And now that, like, Miramax or whoever, Anchor Bay, released the Blu-ray of it, it's now easily accessible used to just be like passed around on bootleg DVDs and VHS tapes because it never made it far past the cutting room floor. Uh, and I think for good reason. <laughs> um, I don't really like the producer's cut. I don't think it's very good. Number seven is Halloween 4. Um, more enjoyable than, uh, well, the ones before it, but still not a very good movie. Uh, I like Danielle Harris in it. I think she's uh, she's a cool kid. Uh, and then would we would see her tits and Rob Zombie's Halloween, and that makes me feel dirty on a lot of levels. But that's a, another podcast entirely. Um, number six is H2O, kind of the middle ground. Uh, not great, not good. Or fuck, those were I can't talk. That was a, just similes, uh, not similes. Uh, fuck me, uh, synonyms. Christ, we're starting this whole podcast over. Hello, how is everyone going? No. Um, uh, it's not great. It's not awful. Great conclusion. Good performance from Jamie Lee. Some good Halloween moments in it. Uh, mi- middle ground. Number five is uh, the original. This is when the list gets really weird, and I'll probably upset a lot of people. But Halloween five or fuck Christ. <laughs> Number five is the original Halloween two. Uh, slightly more middle ground than H two O. Uh, just a tired retreading of the original, but it, uh, it's got some good moments, some good performances, and if you want more of, of the original, it does have some some interesting concepts. Uh, add some more to the the mythos without it being stupid. Even though like they add, they always add more to like oh, eh, whatever. I don't want to spoil it, but interesting ideas not the best execution very tired comes from a dark place but so it is what it is number four rz's halloween definite guilty pleasure i love a lot of the characters in it even though they're wacky as hell malcolm mcdowell being the exception him and brad duroff being like the anchor uh of this film we pretty much agree with graham once it becomes like an actual remake it's it's not very interesting, and it's paced all to fuck because, like, they have to paraphrase an hour and forty minute and forty five m- movie an hour. Uh, fuck, they have to paraphrase an hour and forty long minute m- m- movie <laughs> in forty five minutes. You know what the fuck I mean? Anyway, uh, Matt, Matt has developed a stuttering problem already. I don't know. This, uh, some good, uh, some good soundtrack elements to it. Not even just the score, just the atypical Rob Zombie Southern Rock that's thrown in there. Even if it makes no goddamn sense at all, like Love Hurts. I still don't understand why that's there. Uh, Tom Sawyer. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, number three, Halloween 6. 
uh, just so weird, have a weird soft spot for it, and maybe rewatching it, I'll hate it. But for now, this is where it stays. Uh, good pacing, good atmosphere, some good characters, uh, entertaining as a as a schlocky kind of horror movie. I like it. Number two is Halloween three, for the sole purpose of it being a unique idea and it uh, delivering on a different experience from the original and from Halloween two. Uh, good performances, uh, genuinely creepy ideas, and some nice gruesome bits. And then one, of course, is my favorite horror movie and my favorite in the franchise, John Carpenter's Halloween, for all aforementioned reasons. It was a perfect, perfect, perfect list. Nothing wrong with it. I would. It's probably horrible. No, it's not. Probably it's kind of hard, though. This franchise does does take a pretty big turn after the first original one. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's all downhill from there. So that is a ranking of the Halloween original franchise. Well, not the original franchise. Just the franchise in general. <laughs> you know, the whole um, thing. Whole goddamn show. And then we got the new one coming out sometime. Oh, let's see how that goes. Um, we'll see how that fits into the whole list eventually. Yeah, um, I don't know. Carpenter's producing it or doing something. He's doing something related to it. He's, I don't know if he's got much more of a say than just producing it. Um I don't know what to be. I mean, some producers have more say than others, so we'll see what happens. Take a quick break. We'll be right back. we got to talk about some Wisconsin serial killers. And then, Matt, what was the other topic you wanted to bring up here? Uh, favorite horror films of the 21st century, because uh, a lot of people this a lot of people say this is the era that horror is dead. And I think uh, uh, post-Y2K, we actually got some gems that are worth looking at. Some gems. Some gems for sure. Monsters of Midnight Podcast, Graham Zima and Matt Schaefer. We'll be right back right here on Spooker.com. Stay tuned. At Monsters at Midnight, right here on Spreaker.com. I am your host, Graham Zima, joined by Matt Schaefer. We have already covered Halloween, the top five, or, well, no, top ten, actually. Top all of them. Top all of them. They're all good. All of them. <laughs> Now you're just fucking with people, Matt. Uh, we've, we've covered... The Halloween franchise, we have covered... Uh, what else did we cover? Jesus. Scariest Thriller. Scariest Thriller. It feels like forever ago already. <laughs> yeah, this, this is what happens when we take all these breaks, and uh, we've got Matt's promotionals. Uh, oh, that's right. For, I forgot I yammered about Shocktober for like a yeah. year. <laughs> so, uh, get the fuck out of here. Get out of here! We got some <laughs> some audience members here. Um, I'm not seeing what he's writing in that he chat. He said, hi, Graham. Hi, Matt. Hi, Mike. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now we got to go over some Wisconsin serial killers here for you. Because it's because the time of the season. <laughs> where Wisconsin serial killers... I'm going to pull this right up here on, Wikipedia, on Wikipedia. Um, anything else you'd like to promote here, Matt? Um, I appreciate everyone that's been uh, sticking with me through Shocktober. Jolyn Dormady. Uh, I probably fucked up her last name. But shouts to you. I think she is did the love reaction to every single one of my Shocktober posts. She is a she's a fellow uh, horror movie fan. I think I think an RZ fan too. I could be wrong. I could be entirely wrong. Don't quote me on that. But shouts to you, Jolyn. You are a magnificent individual. And as soon as you get that Oingo Boingo jukebox musical written, I'm gonna be with you every step of the way. Um, 
Well, that's awesome. So I got pulled up here. We're going to go over two of probably the most prominent ones that I can that I can find here: Ed Gein and Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah, uh, just terrific human beings. I've... You know, in all <laughs> sense of the word. I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll we'll go over some of their their. About, you, do you how much do you know of these two? You know, I know, I know slightly more about Dahmer. I know about as much as like the broken adaptations of Ed Gein there are, like with Psycho and Texas Chainsaw and stuff. Okay. Um, all right, so we'll start with a little bit of backstory here on uh, on Ed Gein. And Ed Gein was born in La Crosse, Wisconsin, on August twenty seventh of nineteen oh six. So right here, like I said, in the home state. Nineteen oh six. Yeah. So he's he's older. Um, Hundred years. <laughs> so. The ma- so we can get into. We don't have to go too much into his backstory. 110 here. years. Sorry, I think. Am I miscounting this shit? Continue. All right. So this is a bit about what he exactly did here. Uh, this is. I like how it titles it. The madness that ensued. 110 um, years. Ed Ed became intrigued with the woman body and was fascinated with pornographic magazines and later the obituaries. He wanted to recreate his mother and even change his sex. Yeah. A sex change operation scared Ed, so he used other ways to try to create himself into a woman the best he could. Buffalo Bill, by extension, too. Another. He began watching the obituaries in the newspaper and would be up to date with the local deaths and crimes. At night, he would go freshly dug graves and take key parts from the woman he wanted. <laughs> he would then close the grave back up and take the parts he gathered back home. After a while, this didn't really satisfy a need, and he wanted to do something a little Fresher. His first victim was Mary Hogan, a 51-year-old tavern owner whom Ed killed in 1954. See, I didn't even know it was that long ago. 50, 50s. Yeah, I, I, I knew that. I guess that. I figured because Chainsaw is, is, is inspired by it. Yeah, so. and so was Psycho. Yeah. And that was that book was published. Well, I know the movie was inspired. I don't know how much the book was inspired. You see, like, of these bits and pieces, I, I thought I knew I was right about, like, the, the stitching, the making a woman's suit and whatever else. Yeah. Um, where did I leave off here? Oh, after shooting her, after shooting her, he put her in the back of his truck and took her home. Police were unable to find any clues to Hogan's killer. In 1957, he killed his next victim, who was 51-year-old Bernice Warden, a profiteer of a general store. After he killed her, he put her in the back of the store-owned truck and took her back, her body home. When Warder's son, Frank, went to the store to help his mother, he found a trail of blood in the missing store truck. He then dug into the sales history and found the most recently sold item was a bottle of antifreeze. Fred remembered Ed was in the store the day before looking at the antifreeze and told the police to check it out. That's why you don't buy antifreeze. Oh, you don't. Um... Unless you need it for your car, then go ahead. Yes. Uh, when police arrived at Ed's house, he was nowhere in sight, so they turned the store to where Ed usually did his shopping. Sure enough, they found him there uh, just about to leave the store. Then they asked him to sit in the police car while they questioned him, and Ed automatically came out and said he thought someone was trying to frame him for Bernice Warden's death without the police even bringing up the killings. They immediately took him into custody. With Ed locked up in the jail, the police went to his house to investigate. The farmhouse was locked, but when they went around to the shed, it was open. Inside the shed, it was dark, and they just used their torchlight to search it. And there, and it is there where they found Ed's possessions. They found a skinless body hanging upside down, gutted like a deer with no head. Oh, my uh. God. <laughs> After uh. that, finding the police moved back into the house uh. where they broke in and were overpowered with stench and filth. Oh That's... No good. 
So if this isn't already turned you away from... Uh, <laughs> Thanks for watching. Thanks for watching. We're retiring Thanks for now. listening. Um, not even the host can handle reading this out. <laughs> That's so gross. I mean, Jeffrey Dahmer is equally gross. Oh, he's really gross. Um, um, here is what they found, and I won't... I, I gotta share some of this, because this is just fucking disgusting. Um, two shin bones. Oh, my God. Four human noses. What? <laughs> Nine <laughs> masks, a bowl made from half of a skull. Now he's just getting artsy. Oh, um, God. A quart can that had human skin stretched over like a oh drum. Oh, God. Fuck. Why are, there, why are there people like this? Um, ten ten female reference. heads with the head sawn off above the eye. Jesus Christ. Shoebox with nine salted vulvas and... Oh, what? Which was painted... Oh, my God. What? Oh, jeez. All right, um... Oh what my the god! Fuck is this guy? What the fuck? I didn't know you could cut off a Volvo. <laughs> a hanging human head, shrunken no. heads, two Can skulls. You flagged on Facebook. <laughs> oh, oh my god. Christ! Scattered remains throughout the house. Oh shit! Aramis is watching. Aramis, you picked a really bad time to this start is, watching. This is brutal. Oh my god! How's it going, Tanner? <laughs> this is uh. This is not something I find very. Let's graceful. Mo- let's move on to Dahmer because it's just there's gonna well, be. Well, we gotta fi- figure out the trial here. So, Ugh. oh my god. Okay, so on January sixteenth, nineteen fifty-eight, Ed was found not guilty due to insanity, and then spent ten years in Central Ho- Central State Hospital at Wapan. That's not Wapaka, so that's what it said there. <laughs> You're safe, After, Mike. <laughs> You're safe, Mike. After 10 years, he was considered psychologically capable to be tried again and was found to be criminally insane. He was then put back in a central state hospital and later moved to Mendota. Is that how you pronounce it? Mendoa? Mendo- Mendota or Mendoa? See, this is what happens when I'm from that's Minnesota. That's Mendota, yeah. Okay. In suit where he died at age 77 of heart and respiratory failure, he was then... He was said to be the ideal prisoner who was polite and would occupy his time in therapy and rug making activities. Rug, I really hope I know what that rug. He's making the rug out. Um, (laughs) It was a Volvo rug. (laughs) Okay, Doctor Edward Kellner, who is the head of psychiatric institute, called Gene a schizophrenic. I wonder. I think that's an understatement. <laughs> and nobody knows. There was a devil in that guy. Man, you, if you notice, like, our view count on Facebook Live just, like, split in half. Yep. I think we lost a lot of people after salted. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, God. It's just hard to even get through. One of these factors was because of his mother. It believed that he was unconsciously hated his mother. Oh, no. It was believed that he unconsciously hated his mother and loved others. And cut up women to bring his mother back. Yeah, this is psycho, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, there's, there's your psycho influence. Would you say, so this is this more or less related to? They definitely... Than, or is it more or less related than, than versus Texas Chainsaw? Texas Chainsaw has, like, the skinning and making things of the skin. Uh, psycho has, like, well, the, the psychological... It's got sex, psycho. Sexual... <laughs> psychosexual nature behind it. They both... They both... <laughs> took different aspects of the Ed Gein trait. Yeah. It's, uh, oof. Just disgusting. Um, and now we're going to get into an even sicker mind. Mr. Jeffrey Dahmer. What is up with Wisconsin, man? 
got the whole making a murderer thing, and then you got Jeffrey Dahmer, Ed Gein, um, and then these other guys here, Walter Ellis, which I don't even know about. I don't know anything about David Spanbauer. Do you know anything about Walter Ellis, though? I don't know anything about either of those. Well, Jeffrey Dahmer was born in Lionel and Joyce Dahmer. To jo- ha, to, was born to Lionel and Joyce Dahmer on May 21st, 1960 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Jeffrey grew up in a stable household and had a normal childhood. Well, that's how it always starts, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> Rob Zombie was completely wrong in Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Fucking, that's part of my problem. Anyway, I'm over okay. it. Right, you're over it. Um, uh, he just, okay. This, this is all going, once again, back into his backstory. He graduated from college, yada, yada, yada. His killing spree here. Side note, apparently there's an excellent graphic novel uh, written called My Friend Dahmer, and it's actual like a biographical account of a guy who knew Dahmer throughout school. Really? Yeah. Jeez. I, I have not read it, but I would assume it's worth checking out. I, I might have to. So, um, so we'll read this. There's a section called Close, called Close Calls, and then we'll get into the actual killing spree. Once returning home, Jeffrey lay low for a while working on a fast food job. Until in 1981, he was arrested for disorderly conduct from his persistent drinking problem. This was the first. This was the final straw that got him kicked out of his father's house. He was sent to living in with his grandmother back in Wisconsin. Dahmer managed to stay out of trouble for five years this time until he was caught masturbating in front of two young boys at a local county fair. Well, this guy's just a fuck. That gets pedophilia is a no no go for me. I can do the gore. I can do torture some of the time but pedophilia and necrophilia get under my Ugh, skin just disgusting. it's just like you were the lowest form of human being then at that point yeah just absolutely atrocious um Dahmer managed to get off with a year of probation in september 1988 he was then kicked out of his grandmother's house when she grew tired of his long nights and drunkenness jeffrey then got into his own apartment which gave him a lot more freedom may 1990 marked the date of Dahmer's closest call, yet he still managed to get away. Dahmer was charged with sexual exploitation and secondary assault of a 13-year-old boy. This guy is just a fucking Ugh. dick. He pleaded guilty to the charges to lesser his sentencing, but said that the boy appeared much older. He claimed that being arrested in his trial was the turning point in his life, and that he had seen the errors in his ways. He was sentenced to one year of day release, which means he could leave jail during the day, but had to return and sleep there every night. That's a really... I didn't even know that was a thing. What he can so it's called you can he can leave jail during the day but he had to return to sleep there every night. I've heard of that in a few accounts. Um, I don't know uh, what the sentence is or what uh, con- what like allows that to happen though. Um, also, he was given five years probation, but his father wrote a letter asking that before his son was released, he undergo a psychological evaluation and got help because he knew something was wrong. However, Jeffrey was released after ten months of day release. So, um, I won't go into too many more of the graphic details this time because it's a lot of the same disgusting shit. Um, basically, his strategies were to go into gay clubs and pick up men, since the gay community Jeffrey would be considered he would be considered as a desirable man. So he basically just lured all these guys in and yeah. did some just fucked up shit. Remember, he, he was a he was a mate he was like he's a necrophiliac yeah Ugh. and he, cannibalist he met, yeah he like ate the brain uh, uh, severed the head ate the brain bleached the skull and oh masturbated God. with said skull of Jesus one of his all right victims. all right all right we get the point that's 
Oh my god. Um, so the reason I bring all this up here is in Wisconsin. What are you doing? You're fucking up. <laughs> I know. I don't know what what Wisconsin's got issues with, but uh, oh my god. Okay, it's, it's hard to even like process what we just read there. <laughs> um, yeah. And like I said, people listening on Facebook Live, I'm not sure if I picked the right time to go start going live. I think <laughs> Wait, we've, got, we've got six people in the chat. They're still here. Yeah. And they're all... Uh, now it's down to four. I'm not sure how accurate two. <laughs> yeah, I don't sure know how, how accurate that is. I think it just... I don't know. It'd be, I'd be curious to... Because it always, it always seems like when after I look back, the view count was way more than, yeah. uh, than, it, than it ever registers. But um, anyway, nonetheless, uh, is Wisconsin the most... Terrifying state on the face of the planet. You, yeah, I don't know what the fuck the deal is. Um, no, I always say like whenever anyone re- uh, asks me, oh, like why do you watch all these horror movies? You like being scared. Why do you want to make horror movies? Like you just fucking you turn on the news, you do some research. Life is the horror movie, and the films are tame. The film is just a projection of a fantastical projection of our reality. Shit. I mean, granted, there are some movies where, like, people get offended because it feels too real. And that's that's valid. And Wes Craven always said that horror movie... He, he said in some documentary I watched, horror movies are like re- rehearsals for our death. Mm-hmm. The, a horror movie is nowhere near as as awful or as horrid as real life will be. And that's just the truth of it. <laughs> um, all right, well... Happy, that was just a fucking... That was terrifying. That's, <laughs> that's like, gross. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was hoping it'd be a little bit more tamer, but I guess I should have expected those, knowing those two... Those are the facts. Those are the facts. Uh, I don't know what voice that was. But... Uh, <laughs> all right, we'll take a quick break here. Uh, we got one last segment to bring to you. We're about an hour and 30 minutes in. Right here, Monsters Midnight. Right here on speaker.com. Every Saturday night, this October. Oh my goodness. Jesus, he did it. He finally did it again. But he's been doing it off off the mic, but uh one more time for the good people out there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back, folks. And we're back right here, Monsters at Midnight. I got in my little creepy voice for 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 the last segment here. Can you dig it? Um, all right. So last segment we're ranking or we're discussing, I guess. I don't know whatever way you want to put it. The uh, we ranking or just discussing? I have a ranked list. I, I don't know. I can just list some. We can discuss sure. stuff like that. Um, best horror movies of the 21st century. Matt, kick things off here. Um, yeah, I get a lot. Um, I get, I get it. Uh, horror, for the most part, hasn't been on its A game uh is it pretty much since like 1995 there's been a few resurgences scream halloween resurrection halloween resurrection <laughs> um but no a lot of people always like ah horror is dead the good old days of horror if they're really old they're like ah the 30s are the good old days of horror and then if they're significantly younger, they're like, you know, man, seventies and eighties, those were the good Rob Zombie, those seventies were the last true decade that movies could just be made and be 
honest or whatever the fuck he said. That's fair. But I think there are a handful. Every so often you get a gem that comes out in the modern age, post Y2K America, post 9-11 America. Um, that's really good. And I have a list of ten. Graham is not going to agree with at least four of them. But that's fine. I know, I know, uh... The dirty liar, that's one. <laughs> no, he's not a dirty liar. Everyone has different taste buds. That's just the way the world... What's what makes the world interesting. That's what makes debate fun. That's what makes opinions... Ooh, my Durango! That's what makes opinions like assholes. Everyone has one. Number ten. Saw. Um, Good choice. Not, not the... Oh, shit. Not the best movie... By not the best horror movie in any sense, but definitely a solid concept, intriguing mystery, suspenseful as fuck, and uh, just a, a fun ride. Number nine is the, I want to say German horror film of yeah German horror film of two years ago, Goodnight Mommy. Uh a really unique concept and really unnerving start to finish. Uh, definitely worth a watch. It kind of, the twist or whatever you want to call it at the end is a little lackluster. Um, I, I still enjoy it. It's a, it's very different and a, a very just like disturbing descent into madness kind of movie. Number eight is one that might surprise a few people and that's, uh, the new evil dead. I rewatched it over the weekend, and while I don't enjoy it nearly as much as the original, I think it delivers its own uh, aggressive uh, version that's dark and twisted and nasty, and delivers delivers on a on a gruesome, red blooded horror movie kind of ride. And then number seven is the original director of of The Evil Dead. Um, uh, Sam Raimi. <laughs> wow, that was bad. Uh, Drag Me to Hell. Uh, I talked about this a little bit uh, in our last podcast. I really like Drag Me to Hell. It's worth a watch if you're a fan of the Evil Dead franchise and of uh, Justin Long. Number six, this is when I'll lose. These next three are when I, when I lose Graham. Number six is The Babadook. Um, I'm like the only person in my friend group that likes this movie for some reason. For the last three, even this last three. Um, I'm I'm on six right now. Sorry, I spaced out for a second. (laughs) Last six. Here you go. Okay. What do we got going? Is it the Saw themes? (laughs) Go. Okay. Number six is Babadook. I like it as uh. As a, it's a, got a cool uh, design for a monster and some good like psychological and emotional elements to it. The kid can get obnoxious, I know, but that wasn't enough for it to break the experience for me. I like, I like the Babadook. Bump this down a bit so you can hear me. Um, number five is the Cabin in the Woods. I like the concept of it. It is the whole like the twist ending. The whole finale gets a little, little ridiculous with the supernatural or whatever. But I like the concept of like of people manufacturing horror movies. It's an interesting idea, and uh, it plays with a lot of the, the cliches of the genre. Stands them on their head, and so I enjoy it. It's a fun rom. 
Number four is your next, which is another one of Graham's favorites. Game um, over. <laughs> it's a <laughs> yeah. That's a good line. It's a good scene. Um, most people are so ungrateful to be alive, but not you. Not anymore. How much blood will you shed to stay alive? Anyway, fuck. I need to watch a movie. Get uh, you're next. Uh, great elements of dark comedy. Some good uh, gory gags in it. Uh, a cool, uh, cool hero. A neat little twist. Uh, spooky home invasion with uh, some homages to classic slasher horror. Which leads us to number three, The House of the Devil, which is an excellent homage to throwback horror, down to the fact that it's shot on 16, and it takes place in, like, 1982 or something like that. I realize it just did. I think it played the, the theme simultaneously. Fuck, I just screwed up everything. Um, I'm going to play this again. Where, what, which one are you on again? I'm spacing. <laughs> I'm on three. <laughs> three, all right. Hold on a second. Now I'm going to play this. This is, might be the proper way of doing this, if I can do it. Okay. Now we're gonna actually play the real theme. Oh, that's why. Wow, you're gonna probably hear a really weird. Because I would think I was playing the theme simultaneously, one at the end of it and one at the beginning of it. <laughs> I was like, why is it skipping to the end? Right. And I realized it was still on the YouTube that I had downloaded. Okay, okay. go, 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 go. Alright, so number three House of the Devil. Great homage to throwback horror. Some really creepy, solid, creepy uh, moments in it. A fantastic use of one of my favorite songs, One Thing Leads to Another by The Fix. Uh, great production value. A lot of fun, especially if you're a fan of supernatural horror. Number two may be a little controversial because you can argue that it's not really a horror movie, but I consider it both uh, all entire, all inclusive, a dark comedy a horror movie, and a psychological thriller, and that's American Psycho. Okay. Um, fuck, words cannot describe the pleasure I get from this movie. I think it's it's just a really, it's a really interesting concept, interesting parody, interesting uh, idea, a great performance from Christian Bale, definitely worth seeing. <laughs> and then number one, which Graham probably knows, is It Follows. Uh, when- <laughs> When I was saying earlier that the idea of being stalked and watched is genuinely ty- terrifying to me, this movie encapsulates it to a T. The suspense is great. The soundtrack is amazing. It's got that, that classic John Carpenter. Yeah, classic. Another classic throwback kind of vibe. Even though, like, I can't really tell when the movie's supposed to take place because it looks like the '80s, but there's definitely like modern technology in it. But it follows. Totally worth checking out. All those movies are definitely worth checking out in my mind. If you are looking for if you're looking for my recommendations of modern horror movies, those are 10. All right. Uh, okay, I'm trying to think of... So, we're not counting Blair Witch's 21st, are we? I wouldn't say. It's 99. No. 99. No! No! <laughs> I heard that. Someone just got Someone murdered. Just like, it was like a bird or something just like screamed outside the window. Uh, I'm gonna, okay, so my top five. Woo! I don't know what to go with my top five here. Okay, we're going to go with number five, and we're going to go with... Wait, when did Scream come out? That's the 90s again. Jesus Christ. Ah, uh, fuck. All right, I'll give you a few. I'm not going to list them. Fuck that. Um, one of my favorites is the Hills of Eyes remake of 06. I think it's... Better than the original by a lot of I've not seen either. Um, I don't... The original one is just... It's fine. It's fun. It's Wes Craven. Classic, you know, 
balls to the wall as Craven, but uh, right, that's what um, I hear. That did, I think that the new one is a little bit more. It's pretty gross in some parts, but one of the things that I think it has it really working for it is a is a. Uh, uh, and one of the reasons I really like this movie, it, it has a, um, and one of the reasons I like the original Halloween is what I was trying to say is the the whole you got a character you want to root for, mm-hmm. and um, Aaron Stanford as Doug does a really good job, and really all the characters for the most part, um, even the kind of the bitchy sister, is uh, you still feel bad for her by the end because you're like Jesus, this would fucking suck. Like this would just be the worst. There's there's yeah. getting drawn out in the desert with these kind of things hunting you. Both your parents have been like brutally executed, and then you got you know one other adult figure left. Like it was that to me was um, a hard movie to watch, but it's it's a very rotten movie, and I like watching her on Halloween for some reason. I have no idea why. Don't ask me my rationale for that. Um, have you seen the sequel? Yes, it's bad. It's really really bad because like I actually read recently like the original Hills Have Eyes too, which you probably never even heard of because like Wes Craven has actually like disowned it. He's just like was so unsatisfied with it. Well, the remake to the sequel is or the remake the, the sequel to the remake is uh, pretty brutal. Also, it's like it's a bunch of like Marines that go out looking for him and they all like die. It's fucking terrible. Um, doesn't make any sense. Sounds pretty awful. Uh, another one. Matt knows it. Um, yeah, it's sinister, man. Um, it used to be my favorite horror movie. It's dropped a few pegs, but uh, Blair Witch is favorite. Well, yeah, Blair Witch okay. is obviously my favorite. Um, but I think that Sinister, nonetheless, is a is a pretty great movie in a lot of ways. Um, I don't. I don't even know what's most more. I've, I've talked a lot about this movie, so I don't want to like get into it too much. I think it's just got a lot of work things working for it. Um, I have a lot more bad twenty first century movies that I want to get into. Oh no, yeah, movies. most definitely there is a lot of very some, bad, especially with like the advent of like direct to DVD being like mainstream. Yeah, a lot of bad horror movies. Um, I'm trying to think of other good ones. Jesus, Jeepers Creepers. No, don't even don't do that to Jeepers me. Creepers too. <laughs> don't don't do that. You know, I actually thought about it. I probably like the sequel more than I like the first one. That's interesting. That's like the interesting. Guys, I don't know. It's a little more fun. It doesn't take itself go so goddamn seriously. It's a joke. It's a farce. Like the first one, I felt like it was trying to be a legitimate, like scary fucking movie. And like, I mean, like it was Justin Long is pretty terrifying. Yeah, I know, but like the second one's like campy as fuck, and it's kind of fun. Okay, um, that's fair. It's bad. They're <laughs> not good movies, but it's it it, it it knows what it is. Um, I have had a change of heart on one of these, and I used to shit all over this movie. Hmm. And I watched some of the clips back, and maybe it's because it's the time of year. It's Friday the Thirteenth, two thousand nine. I actually enjoy that remake. Wow. I cannot believe I'm doing this because I think I shit-talked it a ton. <laughs> you have. <laughs> and then I look back at it, and I'm like, it really isn't that bad. No. And I actually probably, because I don't like, I hate the Friday the 13th. I know you don't, I know you, that's your that's your thing. I, I cannot stand that franchise. But that remake isn't too bad. I think it's a much better updated version of the original because I think the original is so outdated and just so. Well, Yeah. But, um, like, and, and in terms of, like, how stupid the sequels get, I would watch that over some of the later and, um, entries in the it's series. It's just fun. It's, like, fun. It's, it's really not meant to be taken seriously um, in a lot of ways. It's just, like, your classic slasher 
it's 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 got some cool kills in there. Mm. The um, ending is bullshit. The ending, the ending is sucks. The yeah, ending we'll almost that. comes off like a parody because it's like so like oh because it's Friday the Thirteenth. Oh, we da, 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 da. <laughs> um. Wow, this is such a tough thing to do because there's so many bad ones. Yeah. And uh, I, I want to list some of these horrible ones because I got to dig into some. Um, Mama, Babadook. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, the Babadook one. You know, I, don't, I know you like Babadook. I probably don't hate it, but it's really – it's so overrated. I'm sorry, man. Um, no, I don't think it's nearly – after uh, watching it a second time last year, I don't think it's as good as a lot of people say. I still think it's damn good. I think yeah. it's I, – I like it. Perfect. No. <laughs> um, other bad ones. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D. Brutally terrible. Just horrendous. Whoever that was it Trey Song's act is just. I have no idea. Yeah, it's Woman bad. in Black Two is awful. Um, I like the first Woman in Black. I like the I, first one, but too. I, I it's a little bit of a drag for me. That movie just is paced kind of poorly in some parts. It's all it did. Yeah, I admit it doesn't. I went, I'll admit, first time I saw it in the theaters, I was petrified. Really? Rewatching it, it's nowhere near as scary as I thought it was. Yeah. But as like a competent piece of horror, like story, yeah. it's it's good, and I like Daniel Radcliffe a lot in it. Oh, it was a movie that I wasn't thinking of, but I don't know if I like it or not. The uh, the Omen remake, I haven't seen that. It's like okay, I'm sure I, that one was on at one point. Oh, I know what movie I really like. You see, like I'm not the biggest fan of the original. The original is just kind of. Okay, to you know, me. Do you know what I really like is that uh, Dead Silence movie. Oh, is that the puppet one? Yeah. I have not seen it. It's kind of creepy. It's not like that scary, but it's kind of like interesting. I don't know. I, I I haven't seen it in so long, so maybe my opinion right. will change. Uh, I remember that one I kind of liked. Fuck, you know, we need to get AMC. We need to get AMC Fear Fest. Or, you know, I wish we had TV. <laughs> yeah, but Fear Fest isn't like good anymore. They're always showing like the same. It's always like, oh, coming up tonight, Halloween 4 and 5, and that's it. Remember when Kevin Smith hosted it? No, I don't. That was 2012, because the year before, they had like George Romero, like a fucking oh, really? icon, that's and then they cool. went from that to Kevin Smith. God almighty. Because it was just, it was to, I think it was just to promote comic book, man. That was that was a really cheap cop-out. Right. Um, I love Kevin Smith. Cop but... out, Kevin Smith. Ah, da, 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 da. no, fuck that movie. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I, in fairness, I, I, I like Kevin Smith. That was a really, that was a really stupid that they made him the. Yeah. Here's a question for you: Would you consider Zombieland a horror movie at all? Yeah. Okay. Um, it would be the horror comedy. Yeah. And I would put that at probably one on the top of the list. I would. Yeah, I guess I would too. I don't know. I don't. It's its, it's almost category. That's the thing. Like, I, I don't consider. But you could put horror, horror, your next though in the horror comedy. Too. Yeah, well, see, I don't. I consider that more. Here's the thing: there's only like one movie, one zombie movie that I've seen that I consider to be a horror movie, and that's the original Night of the Living Dead. You get a lot of great zombie thrillers and like adventure movies. Like Dawn of the Dead is a fantastic like zombie thriller yeah. adventure movie. I, I wouldn't say it's scary. At any point, Night of the Living Dead is legitimately unnerving and frightening. Yeah. So that's why Zombieland is like, isn't there isn't really any more? I guess if you're afraid of clowns, it could like frighten you. Zombieland is definitely worth seeing, though. Same with Shaun of the Dead. And I hear, I hear, Land of the Dead, the George A. Romero Land of the Dead is pretty good. But that's like the last one that you should see before it gets to be bullshit. Yeah. 
Um, okay, yeah, that's... Oh God, 21st Century, man. Here's Scream 4 is good. Oh, yeah, God, I was forgot. That's a great movie. Not as well as good the second time. Okay. But... Because I watched it this summer again, and I think it was it's fine. It's it's a good, but it's fun. It's still fun nonetheless. That's fair. Um, I'm trying to think what else has like come out. Um, so yeah, there's just a lot of. That's why like it's fair when people say that horror is dead because there are a lot of shitty fucking horror movies that have come out. Fucking movies. I mean, oh, um, Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. It sucks. Paranormal Activity, which I'm in the minority in on hating. I, okay, I've, I've, I've the thought fucking about Purge. Purge election year is not bad. Yeah, or no, 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 no. Purge uh, anarchy. anarchy. I I've heard election election year is not good. Yeah, anarchy is kind of fun because it's like like I said before, it does what the first one should have done. No, that's was, yeah, that's why I hear it actually takes like the concept and does. But something it's not interesting scary. With it. People that say it's scary, it's not a horror. See, movie. that's my problem with the pur- the first Purge though is because it's. There are there are times you can blend genres and have it be successful, like Evil Dead Two, Zombieland. Um, I mean, that's all I can think of right now. Your next, even uh, American Psycho. But there, the Purge felt so choppy in its execution, where it's like, all right, we're gonna start off like a suspense action movie, and then we're gonna go into home invasion horror, and then we're gonna go to drama. And then we're going to go back to action movie. It's like, no, you got to work it all and blend it all throughout the script. Mm-hmm. The Purge is a fucking mess. Why that movie was like one of the highest grossing of that year, it blows my mind. I don't think 2013 was that strong of a year, though, for movies, if I can't remember. the Evil Dead remake. Yeah. Um, but, no, it's just, and like all my friends are like, I admit, like, at first, like, the concept was like fun. Like, yeah, what would you do if there was a night totally? But, like, the more you think about it, it wouldn't work at all. Ground, every morning afterwards would be ground zero because you could topple fucking banks. It'd be, it'd be anarchy, like, pun intended. It's just like, you couldn't logically, and you couldn't just, like, write off, like, oh, yeah, everyone's just a happy go lucky son of a bitch the rest of the 364 days a year because of the purge just works. How? Because then you got how? people that get like they got their shit like kicked in on the first like the purge and then they have, a, have to wait a whole year to exactly and then like the fucking the twist ending where like the which is stupid where the neighbors team up on the the family because oh you just bought you've sold us all your all your shit for like your husband's company and you flaunted our wealth in their face like that's not a motivation that's an occupation go fuck yourself second off how are they supposed to continue being a community when they just sit and wait out the night no one's gonna kill anyone that's fucking stupid. Then you're gonna like go out the next day, like he see old man Winkle fucking watering his lawn, and be like, "Oh yeah, remember the night you fucking my husband died, and then you tried to kill all of us." God, that movie's a fucking joke. The kid is like just like bizarre and disturbing, but not in a charming like, "Oh, he's quirky" kind of way. It's like, no, your son's a fucking mental patient that endangers his family. The boyfriend that tries to kill the father because the father doesn't like him, and he thinks that's going to win over the daughter? Yeah. Go, what the fuck? <laughs> and so yeah. many people bought into this bullshit. A lot of money. A lot of money. I hear the sequel's better. <laughs> it's better. Because I don't like the first one at all. Um, I'm probably a little bit more passive to it than you are, but then not by much. 
Because that's one of those movies where, like, I like that in 2012, where my friends like were like, "Oh, this movie's gonna be fucking tight." And like 2012, I was skeptical about, and then hated it. That's like the first movie I went to a theater and actually hated. That's like a turning point for me. Um, but like even the pur- the purge, I was watching all the the trailers. I'm like, this is. I just know they're going to shit the bed somehow and then not be able to work. And they did. And, like, all my friends were like, oh, yeah, that was good. Like, no, it really wasn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, every like like I said, I said I'm a kind of a hypocrite. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. If you like The Purge, great. More power to you. There are just far too many problems for me to, like, understand it as a phenomenon. Yeah, well, you're wrong. No, I'm just kidding. You're right. Um, besides that, I don't think we got much to talk about here. I'll have to talk about Magic One is tyrannical. Rage of the purge. I didn't expect that to happen at all. It just all <laughs> flowed out of you. I just let you have it. I just purged about um, the purge. Uh, all right. Well, that I'm pretty much myself now. <laughs> that wraps it up here. Monsters at midnight. We will be back with you next Saturday night. Come right. hell or high water, we will be back. <laughs> hell or high water, a movie I need to check out. I want to see that too. Actually, um, film school is still eating us. Is eating us up inside. We're um, not sick anymore, though. But uh, I mean, I'm not. I can't speak. My, for you, my soul is being crushed. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. There's just so much to do. Yeah, so little goddamn so little time. time. <laughs> uh, all right, we'll check you out later. This is the Monsters of Midnight podcast. Back here. Have a wonderful and scary night. Groovy. Hi, Fashion Hotline. Hi, this Easter I'm on the hunt. For eggs? For new styles my family can wear to brunch. Get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get a huge 50% off your entire purchase in store. Everything you need, like dresses, polos, and shorts, is 50% off. 50% off? You must be hiding something. Dresses start at just $12 for women, $10 for girls. But Easter's just three days away. Then hop to it. It's in stores only. Don't tell the Easter bunny. Hurry in for 50% off your entire purchase in stores only. Now at Old Navy. Valid 14 to 420. In stores only. Excludes in store clearance. Gift cards. Register lane items. Jewelry today only and today only deals. Hi, Fashion Hotline. Hi, this Easter I'm on the hunt. For eggs? For new styles my family can wear to brunch. Get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now. Get a huge 50% off your entire purchase in store. Everything you need, like dresses, polos, and shorts, is 50% off. 50% off? You must be hiding something. Dresses start at just $12 for women, $10 for girls. But Easter's just three days away. Then hop to it. It's in stores only. Don't tell the Easter bunny. Hurry in for 50% off your entire purchase in stores only. Now at Old Navy. Valid 14 to 420. In stores only. Excludes in store clearance. Gift cards. Register lane items. Jewelry today only and two-day only deals.